0: Your girl, Kia, Sufficiently Black, what is up? I hope you guys are having an amazing summer. I hope you're thriving, surviving, chilling, all the good things, getting whatever you want in life. Because you deserve it. Unless you're a shitty person, I don't know everything, some things. But you know what? For the most part, our listeners are great. So shout out to you guys. Anyway, you know we're on a little breaky break. You can listen to this podcast when you're driving to the beach, going on vacation, all those good things. We are giving you oldies but goodies, uh, still great content, and if you're new here, you probably haven't listened to this episode yet. This episode is about generational wealth, which I think is timely because there is a lot of talk about a recession. By the time this comes out, it might be a recession. Who the fuck knows anymore? Uh, gas is out of this world, and it just can look a little gloomy, doing. Uh, It sucks when inflation is at like 8%, but your job is not, you know, accounting for that 8% inflation. It's really frustrating and struggling, and when you have financial issues, it's hard to focus on anything else. Uh, For me, I just moved into this apartment not too long ago. I truly underestimated the price of living alone and living in an apartment. I can live alone, thank God. Uh, But it's just some things where I'm like, damn, I am solely responsible for the food in this house, uh, the electricity, um, literally everything in this apartment, and every single bill is to my name. And I have a lot of financial responsibility just to keep myself alive and to enjoy life. And even just decorating this apartment, I'm like, damn, I got to set aside like hundreds of dollars to get things for my space to look nice, and I just didn't think about those things. I was just kind of like, whatever. But it's like this is my home. I want to invest in it, and I want it to feel great when I walk in. I want it to feel like my space because I worked really hard to get here. And I've had realized that you know I'm not living at home anymore. I have to cut down on my expenses of like going out every night, eating out a lot, socializing a lot. And I've just had to set some boundaries with myself to be like, hey. We got to cut back on the amount of social things we do a week. Or we got to cut back, if we do do social things, we can't do $50 dinners anymore. We got to, you know, maybe cut that to $25 dinners. So just being aware of my financial spending, um, when you switch a lifestyle, like living at your parents versus living alone, it's a big step, and I just have to realize that my money has to go to, like, more important things, that I just can't be balling out, so... I'm trying to be smart about that, especially with the recession news, it, it, it scares me a little bit, I'm not going to lie, uh, but I have faith in God and faith in me that it will work out. So I'm just trying to be a little you know, better with my savings and my spending, and that is something important for black people. I feel like we never got that chance to have generational wealth for obvious reasons, aka slavery and everything else in America, that's pretty ob- obvious, obvious. Uh, When we do have things that might create generational wealth, like Black Wall Street in Oklahoma, they burn it down and then tell us to, you know, work harder. But it's like, we can't because you literally take everything. So it's been hard for black people to build generational wealth. And I feel like when black people, you know, get things, we often have to take care of our parents or grandparents or other people in the community, as we should. But it's harder to build generational wealth for obvious reasons for that. And the price of college is ridiculous, and inflation and wages aren't going up. So, you know what? My point is, it's hard out here, and you guys know that. But, we in this episode, we talk to Calvin Williams. Uh, he is amazing. Calvin Williams is awesome. This is actually one of my favorite interviews, and I wasn't even in the episode. It's actually Amari uh, who did the episode, and Janae, and they interviewed calvin and it's a great episode it's a really fun episode calvin was a great guest i learned so much from this episode he talks about how we can build generational wealth and talks about his company and he has a very inspiring story he also was one of those people that managed to get a house in his like early 20s and it was such a great story um and I think he just gives a lot of great tips, and I know it's not the most fun thing to talk about money, and it's it can cause anxiety, but it is important for a future, and it's important to have that security, especially as black people in this country, because we just don't have that opportunity to just buy things and buy our way out of things like most people. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you think. As always, you can follow us at SufficientlyBLK on Twitter or Instagram. And you can go to our Discord, which is in the link in the bio. And I hope you guys are having a wonderful summer. We're going to be back to you in September with new content. And please reach out. We do a lot of work for this podcast. So if you can just like us, you can tell a friend. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, on social media, share an episode. It is greatly appreciated. And guess what? It's free 99. So we talk about money. That is free to support us. Um, So thank you, guys. And I hope you enjoyed this episode.
1: Hi, so-called Oreos. Welcome to another episode. Today's special because we are joined with Calvin Williams, the founder and CEO of Freeman Capital. We were actually able to uh, just connect with the company through Instagram, which like I feel like that's how a lot of people are doing their connecting um, nowadays. But it's just Janae and I today, and we're just going to talk today about uh, generational wealth and how we can, you know, how the black community can develop that and uh, send it on to other generations. So thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate you sitting with us.
2: No, thank you so much for, uh, for inviting us and thank you for your platform and kind of the space that you guys are carving out. I think it's so critical, so I'm excited to be here today. Thanks. Thank you
3: so much. Um, just to jump right in, tell us about you, your background, where you went to school and how you got started in finance.
2: Definitely. Definitely. So I'm from Maryland, uh, grew up, uh, in, uh, the Laurel Columbia area. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, I was always around technology. So my dad, you know, he got like one of the first, uh, Apple's in like, you know, 87 or eighty eighty eight or something. And so I, I was playing with it then and I and I began to like write code, uh, you know, back when the websites were like, you know, like Netscape was a big deal. That's so like, well, throwback days, but like used to like code. It was like a terrible WYSIWYG editor. It took like three minutes for it to switch from like uh, viewer to WYSIWYG and I used to like edit things and then I began to invest in the stock market uh, just, as a, just as a teenager. We always talked about money as a family it it was kind of a very normal thing very very transparent and so it just kind of set me down this mindset of being very familiar with finances and then uh when i went to north carolina a and t uh and uh, there i started my first company and i thought i was killing it like i bought my first house at 20 when i was still in college couldn't tell me nothing um until I went and tried to talk to a wealth manager and he told me straight up that I was broke in his eyes, right? Uh. So, like, you know, so I found out that there are levels to wealth and in his eyes or in the whole industry's name, if you know, you can't deposit huge sums of funds, quarter of a mil, minimum 500K a million, you're not worth their time, right? And so uh, even though I had done all of these things, that that is, that is what really set me down this path of building a platform to help us all get generational wealth in our own personalized way. Mm -hmm.
1: And you said that conversations around money were kind of a normal thing in your family. Did your parents like make it a point to talk to you you about money? Because I feel like that's just, at least in American culture, I feel like that's kind of like a taboo conversation that you don't necessarily have with um, your parents.
2: Yeah. And so it's it's actually interesting that I've gone back and. Asked them like why did they feel so comfortable doing it and they said that they were trying to do it on purpose to expose me to the concept of money and so uh, you know I, I can remember being like 12 or 13 I got a loan from my dad and I had to write a loan agreement and like sign it like it was official like the whole thing um, you know so I think that they have always tried to make finance a, a common thing like you know you talk talk about groceries, you talk about your TV shows, we talk about money, and that's how you take the taboo out of it. I mean, when you talk about generational wealth, and especially what is what has plagued our community, it has been a lack of access to the education, a lack of access to the insights and, and uh, expertise. And, and I'm thankful that my family made that uh, very, very common for us to talk about.
3: Ma'am? Now, this next question might seem very obvious, but why do you think Black people need to establish general generational wealth?
2: So, it is, so... I want to answer that from a couple of angles, right? Because a lot of the time, because I'm deep in this space, a lot of the reporting is very, very negative, right? Because it's always on like what's not happening. We need to take a historical view and realize that even before we came to America, we have been a generational wealth type of community, right? So you have what happened in Africa with massive the Musa, you have when we came here to the United States, you know, even during slavery we were doing the best that we could during, you know, you know uh, after f- uh, slavery, there were numerous millionaires and I mean, p- p- people who were making progress. You had you had before integration. You have you know multiple Black Wall Streets all around this country. You know, uh, and so we as a community have always been generational mindset. The problem has been is a systemic uh, oppression that's literally taking it from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the opportunity that we face now is much like with. Barack Obama. This is an opportunity for us to take a major step forward that wasn't feasible in previous years. You know, now people are waking up to the fact, like, oh shoot, like there is systemic racism and prejudice in all of these uh, systems. Mm -hmm. And so, and so now with these doors opening up, it's time for us to not just repeat what our you know forefathers and foremothers did, but like have it ingrained as a part of our culture. Just like with Jewish cultures, it's very much a part of their culture, money and finance. Now it's time for us to kind of break through this door and make it a normal thing because the reality is the United States is becoming a majority minority country, which basically means that that black and brown people are going to be the majority of the U.S. population. And this country is driven by consumer spending. You can't have half of the U.S. population not spending money because they don't have wealth. Right. So we have to build wealth for ourselves, for our communities and for this nation.
1: Right. Um, and earlier you had mentioned that you bought your first, your first home at 20. Yes. Um, which I think is like crazy. Cause I don't, I don't even think I thought about home ownership in general until like five months ago. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so like in America, that's the, one of the many ways you, in which you build wealth. And I've been like mm-hmm. recently just, you know, um, researching redlining just like the history of that and how it makes it exceptionally hard for you to gain access to that avenue of wealth yeah. because a lot of us have hard times even you know getting loans or being able to buy homes um and so like mm-hmm. how important is the act of being able to get your hands on home ownership and how does that you know like translate into creating generational
2: wealth yeah so i think that the the mo- the most important part is figuring out how to navigate through the system to get what you want. It could be home ownership. It could be the federal, you know, PPP loans. Like the the uh, the the uh, thing is that in finance, they have often used complex terms to talk about basic things, right? To make it more complicated than what it is. So when I first bought my house at 20, you know, I realized like, oh, okay, they need to see proof of employment, W2, Pay stubs and you know a credit score, right? That's 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 basically what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Thank God for my parents, you know, they took some steps to put me on their credit when I was a teenager, so that when I was like eighteen, I had like a seven sixty credit score coming like right out because mm-hmm. you basically inherit the uh, credit score when you're on someone else's, right? And then I had an internship, which with that internship they were paying me a full time salary while you're on on intern. We so love I, to
1: see a paying internship.
2: <laughs> That's another thing which I hope those come back. But uh at that time it was okay, what are they gonna look for to help me buy a house? And so at that time it was, you know, proof of proof of income, you know, you 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 can still qualify for a loan when you have a new job. And so I knew that. And so it's about navigating these systems, getting access to the information so that you can get what you want. And home ownership has been great. I mean, you know, there there are, of course, positives and negatives, but like for us, as, you know, y'all know well, but the cost of college is ridiculous. Uh, And, you know, our plan or one of them is to take this old house that I bought Over 15 years ago now. And, you know, we'll just sell that for paying for my son's college. And so when you get these assets, they give you the flexibility to move in the way that you want to move to. And that is the most important part of building out a plan and strategy for generational wealth.
3: Mm Now, before you mentioned, you know, needing to have a credit score of a certain amount in order to buy a house, being just one of the things that really hurts many Black people with doing these small things to help us acquire wealth. What are some of those other kind of hurdles that you see people struggle with when they're trying to acquire
2: wealth? So I would say that one of the biggest hurdles, which is really, really big, but it's not often talked about is there is a lot of general advice that people apply to specific situations. So a customer that we that I just spoke to today, they was like, "Hey, pay off your your credit cards, get them right, right." So he wants to buy a house. He has paid off his uh, credit card. He was checking with us before he before he closed it because you know he was he was happy that you know he paid it off. But this was his oldest credit card, and so for folks who 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 don't know, the way your credit score is built is that it's built off off of age of credit. And so if he would have closed this account because general information says pay it off and close it, then his credit score would have dropped and he wouldn't have qualified for his loan. And so the problem is that when you talk about building wealth, you you really have to get personalized advice for your situation. There's so much information, misinformation that's out there, people take it and then it bites them later on and they didn't even realize it. And so the biggest thing that we see is getting people the right information at the right time. Like, it doesn't matter if you're trying to figure out how to refinance or if it's, right, it's, a, it's, a, it's a interest rate when you're trying to navigate what is the best way to protect my credit so that I can qualify for, for a loan. So, mm-hmm. like, the number one thing is getting the right information at the right time so you can take the right actions.
1: Right. And so, obviously, you have great knowledge in, um of – you know, just like finances and you have a history of it, but how do you go from having idea about starting a company to actually doing starting that company and building um what you've built? Like how does that process even
2: work? So I would say that it's one part being hella naive, right? So it's like <laughs> like yeah, I can solve this huge problem. I can do it, you know, like that 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 is uh and then part is just a you know, belief in what you can do, right? So, you know. Thankfully, this isn't my first time, you know, building an organization, building a, um, building, a um, building a, company, even a remote company. I mean, Freeman Capital has been remote from the very beginning because I always believed in finding the best talent, not just the best talent, in my zip code. Um, and and so I think that for all of us, like, we have these big lofty dreams and visions of what, of, you know, what we could be and what, you know, we can do. And because... Even for Freeman, when like I... First thought, I saw this big, huge vision of what it would be. But then I had to scale it down to what's the first step that I could take right now. And so, as you know, we built out Freeman and for those who have big dreams as well, you know, live in those dreams because those dreams will motivate you and feed you when you are hungry. But then you but then you always gotta bring it down to the level of what is the next smallest step that I can take right now to get me closer to that vision. So when I first got started, like the first step was you know, doing a market research report, figuring out, is there really a market for this idea for, you know, this vision? And so it was a small step. I mean, it was small in the grand scheme, but it was big for me at that time, you know, because I paid someone, a external party, like two grand to do a market research study. And I had never done a market research study, but someone said, you do a market research study to make sure that your idea is real. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was like, all right, well, let me break this $2,000 into payments because I want to <laughs> go at one time. Like, can I put 500 down now? <laughs> uh, but, you know, taking those smaller steps, you really begin to build up confidence in yourself and your vision, and then you start to run. And so, I know being where we are now, I I, I would lie if I were worse for saying that this is exactly where I knew I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to help folks build wealth. But sometimes you have to be flexible on the method, but fixed on the vision. Mm.
3: So going off that, tell us a little bit more about Freeman Capital and exactly what you guys do. And, you know, while Amari and I were talking about sitting down talking to you, we also found Invest Black. So we wanted to know more yeah. about that as well.
2: Of course, th- definitely do. So um, Freeman Capital as a whole, it is set up To uh, to do one main thing, which is help our customers increase their net worth by providing them one on one personalized wealth building recommendations. And so we are a one stop shop, being that we cover everything from you trying to get your budget and your cash flow together to building your credit, to you trying to buy a house, invest through your retirement, even all the way up to things like okay, now that you have assets, getting wills together and estates to pass it on, or even, even insurance. The problem that our customers had was that they were tired of using one app for every single part of their financial life. And so at Freeman Capital, we serve to be a focal point and give them personalized recommendations every single month that helps them increase and build their net worth. Um, in terms of Invest Black, that came out of an idea of like, this was right when buy when uh, buy black and bank black were starting which those are great initiatives but but wealth is built through investing and investing in yourself and businesses and the market and so we want to lead you know lead a campaign and help to build a community of folks who are of course going to buy black and help you know bank black but then let's build wealth and invest black as well mm mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's all, it's all just a part of the whole, um, the whole vision. And I'm, right. curi- I'm curious too, because obviously you started it and it, ca- it came from, um, from you, but how do you go about building a team that kind of understands what you want, um, where you want this company to go and kind of has that same mentality and attitude
0: as you too?
2: Yeah, so the main thing that I have focused on when building out a team is we all have dreams and vision and skills i'm like we want to be at a certain level in the future right and so when you're building a team you want to create a vision that is so large that that people can see themselves growing within it it's like i am here now with you but I can see that as Freeman grows, I myself will grow and become better and become more impressive or whatever. I get more uh, experience. Like, so the first thing is crafting a vision that is big enough to where people can see how they can grow in it. And then something that I've had to uh, learn, and it sometimes can be painful in the past, and even sometimes now, is like realizing where my limits are. Like, I'm not great at everything. That's just the reality, right? I, I might think that I can do all things, but there are some things that I should not be doing. <laughs> and so, you know, as a leader, you know, you will stifle your your team if your area, if if your limit becomes their limit when they could do so much more. Mm-hmm. And that is when people leave you. Uh, and, and so, especially when you're building a startup, like, it really is, to me, um, personal development, and just the just my tool is entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. because I learn where I am strong, where I am weak. People have to give me feedback. I can't be the person who sits on high and just you know you know commands things down to the people. Like it has to be a inclusive process, mm-hmm. because that is how we build cultures where people want to be in that type of environment. And then that is felt by our customers and our overall audience as well. Mm -hmm. What would
3: you say is, you know, your biggest dream for this company?
2: My biggest dream would be that currently they're saying that in the next 50 years, the median net worth of black and brown people is going to be zero because we're on a trajectory of uh, ing- income gap, wealth gaps, all of these gaps. Mm-hmm. My biggest dream is that in 50 years, there are millions of people who are living a, a better life. There are children are living a better life. They're getting the education and health needs that, they, that you know, they want as a result of working with the Freeman Gap. It would make me so happy if like one generation was like, hey, talk to my financial planner and you're a teacher. And you're, you know, a janitor, you know, it's not just for those who are like wealthy people, like, like, like everyone is finding someone who is helping them take their family to the next level and people are doing better as a result. That would be the best thing ever.
3: Our next partner has a product that's great for improving gut health, increasing energy and helping optimize the immune system. If you take pills or vitamins and want a supplement that actually tastes good, Athletic Greens may be for you. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Take it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: Hey guys, it's your girl Kia and I'm here to talk to you about another podcast called As It Should Be with the Mara Jones. So, Tamara Jones started her podcast to inspire people to see their own influence and use it to create more compassionate, inclusive communities. You can get authentic stories from equity-centered leaders about how they're using their talents boldly to make our society more helpful and equitable for everyone in it. She talks about everything from critiquing the stories that get to be told in TV and film reimagining community safety healing generational trauma and learning from our history to shape our future you can find as it should be with tamara jones on apple podcasts spotify anchor or by visiting as it should be i mean for me
1: personally i guess like Finances wasn't something I really considered until I had to start paying for my own stuff um, (laughs) as a young person. Um, And I really do uh, regret not having more conversations about um, finances with my parents and like paying attention when they're balancing the checkbook and all that stuff. Um, And so what are like some good tips or like your top three tips you have for for young black people um, when it comes to financial literacy?
2: So the first thing that I would say is that start with this. This part is going to be fun, like envision the type of life that you want, like think out 10, 20 years and just dream, dream as big as you can and then figure out where you are now and then what that gap is. Right. And so the reason why that's so important is because if I say, oh, just go read this book, it's great, great. You you may or you may not read the book, but if you have a vision of where of where you want your life to be, and you see that a gap, that that is what is going to motivate you, because then you'll start looking for okay, how else can I use my money? How else can I better use my money? Are 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 there ways of investing? You know, then like you'll start to pick up on things because your mentality has shifted. the The reality is that wealth building is more about a mentality than it is behavior, right? And so when you look at just the stock market, right? The we had some of our some of our customers where the stock market crashed. They were freaking out. They wanted to pull out their money because they had hit their limit, right? Like that was what they knew. Oh, I'm losing money. Pull out mm-hmm. because they're because that was their perspective. But if they had a perspective of okay, this is an opportunity to maybe buy now, they see a negative as a positive. And so, when you can start with A, having your vision, and then B, figuring out those gaps, then C, you will see opportunities for what you can do better and what you can add to your life to fill those gaps. And just experiment with as little funds as possible. Like, don't go out and like you know spend all of your money on one stock. Like, start super small. And think on fractional shares. You can start with like one dollar. You can now invest in real estate without buying a house. You can do it all online. There are ways to experiment with these different asset classes, see what you like, and then take time to do that and then fill that that gap. And in 10, 15 years, you'll look back and be like, I'm living the vision that, that I had. Those are
3: good tips. And I can definitely piggyback off of Amari, but I like... I, I just thought that playing with money was something adults did. <laughs> uh-huh. What's that? Um, so for us people who are totally, totally clueless, yeah. how do you say to get started with, I don't know, what books to read, who to talk to? Because when I say I am clueless, I mean, I am clueless. People start explaining this to me and I'm
2: like, Huh?
3: Um, So, so where, where should we get started?
2: Yeah, so I'll I'll be a little selfish first, and that you can start with uh, Freeman because we built this for uh, people who had nothing. So we, you know, and by nothing, like no education or knowledge. So we have, you know, our newsletters where we just don't talk about what happens in the market. We like break down what this means, how this can impact you, and what you can do. It's a it's a it's a great free place to get started. Our so so the problem is that. There are a lot of good websites, but they're of course going to give general information again. And so it's great. Like there's like MSpedia, there's you know all of these blogs, there's a thousand you you know YouTube channels, but they're all going to be a general. And so for your specific interest, that's why we built our service because then you know we have our two plans: our unlimited advice plan where you work with a person every month and they'll educate you and help manage your money. And our do-it-yourself plan, where you can then get some suggestions, get some research, and you can do it all on your own at your own pace, but still personalized to your exact interest, situation, and needs.
1: How do you keep people motivated to keep on like working on their finances? Because I feel like every every year I'll start and I'll like create like a budget and I'll stick with it for like a month or two, and then like I just don't want to look. And consider what money I do or do not have. Um, yeah. So, how do you keep people um, engaged and continued on, continue on this path?
2: Yeah, that's that's a great question. So, you know, there's there and just a short story. There's an app called Mint where like does like mm-hmm. auto budget. It's been out for like yeah. decades now. I got on Mint. I was so excited. I was like, it's like decades ago. I was, like, yeah, I'm gonna get my life together. I was feeling broke but i was like they're gonna help me right so i put all my data into mint i spent hours like doing all that that categorization where you put mm-hmm. like i spent this in spend and spending shopping whatever and the, at the end of the whole thing it said it said that i, I had no money i knew that before i started the whole process <laughs> like you didn't have to, to freaking tell me that you know um and and so the way that wiki book uh motivated is that with our recommendations uh, that you know you get every month, you know, one to three things to do, when you check that off, the majority of our users then see a, a increase in their net worth. And so, so like they're literally seeing that they are building wealth. Or or they're seeing how their debts are, are going down. So like because there's some sort of an immediate feedback in, the, in like the first three days, they see like, oh, like it works now. And then we hold them accountable like we check on you we follow up with you like we're in it together because the reality is if you were a millionaire and you and you both are going to be them in the future right you'll have some high net you'll have some high net worth wealth manager they will be like hey you're doing well today you're doing bad today let's make these changes that is what we try and do now for everyone so that they can get the advice that they need and have some support because like you said you do it all by yourself you forget about it life happens right but like we hold you we have your back and then we check on you and then we see like hey we said that we were going to do x what happened let's get back on track or has the plan changed and that right there keeps folks moving
1: yeah, it's like that accountability aspect that's really that's exactly. really nice. And also being able to see the progress and under better understand it.
2: Yeah. Yes, exactly.
3: Exactly. Um I use something called Albert
1: right now. Yes, familiar yeah. with it.
3: It will text me and be like, hey, you spent X, Y, and Z amount of money at ATMs this month. You should stop. And I'll be like, oh <laughs> coming for me. Um, but how do you want this to help the black community. I know we've talked a lot about yeah. wealth in the black community, but how specifically do you want this to help move and change the black community?
2: Yeah, so there are two key metrics that we track. One is our users' net worth, which, for those who might be brand new to finance, net worth is is everything that is an asset versus everything that you own. So you take your assets minus what you owe. the 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 bottom line number is called your it's called your your um, net worth. We want to see folks' net worth grow, and then we want to help them pass on that wealth. And so this stat is. Kind of crazy. So when you look at one generation to the next, uh, black black families on average pass pass on around thirty three thousand dollars from one generation to the next. Right. That's when there's no inheritance. When there is an inheritance, they pass on thirty eight thousand dollars, about five thousand dollars more. Yeah, I know, right? right. Now we now let's talk about white families. When there is no inheritance they're passing on $176,000. That's what of a head start they are getting. Now, when they have an inheritance, they pass on $276,000 in comparison to our $38,000. So what do I want? I want to help folks build their wealth and then pass it on correctly because that's how we will Make sure, because literally, when we talk about the wealth gap, we're talking about the fact that we are starting a race. Sometimes two hundred thousand dollars behind. If you got two hundred thousand dollars, you, you you would be able to feel more comfortable to start a business, or you know, travel around the world, or you know what? I'm not going to stick with this crappy job that I effing hate mm-hmm. because I have to. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go, you know, I'm gonna go back to school, take this course, paper, whatever, to get the job that I want. And so we so the two things that, that we want is to help folks build more wealth and then help pass it on for that next generation so that, so that they can do even better, because that is what we have to do for our community.
1: Right. And like, obviously, a big element of that is like forward thinking. It's like planning for that future. And yes. um, yeah, I mean... Yeah. it's it's when you put the numbers like that it's like and you don't think about that on a every, every second but it does really put into perspective where people are you know realistically starting um and yeah. you know i mean i feel like people like hundreds of thousands of dollars like two hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money to have yeah. a head start on yeah. um so yeah it would be nice for the black community to Can have
2: I one more point there one yeah more point there? so mm-hmm the average wealth of a black college graduate equals the wealth of a white high school graduate. So we have been getting our degrees in great numbers. Black women are crushing it, you know what I'm saying? Her the statue are crushing it, right? But when you compare it, the wealth equals that of a high school white person. Why? Because of that wealth gap transfer. They're starting out with 200k jump, right? So we're making progress because we're because we're getting into higher income brackets. We're getting more wealth. But like now, to think forward, like the race that we have to play is a multi uh, multi generational wealth. It's it's like not just about me and my family. like it was like my like my kids, my nieces, my nephews, whomever, right? And so when you play that game, it's like all right. I want to get this set up so that, so that at least for my family, they will be in a place to where their hard work is not equaling that of someone who just got a high school diploma.
3: Right. right. That's that hurts. That's <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> that's sometimes,
2: point. You gotta, sometimes you gotta, like take that, take that pain and be like, but then you get back up. We are, we are a people that get back up. Like you literally mm-hmm. cannot hold us down for nothing, right? And so I'm just trying to. Give y'all these facts, but then like, no, we are right there to help you with each one of these steps. These reports, they just say black wealth is going to take 200 years to equal white wealth. And they like, you're left with nothing. Like, to me, that pisses me off. Like, give folk education and then help them get there. Don't just give them education and leave them there. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Granted, I haven't been in high school or like um, in a while, but I feel like these should be conversations or classes that are offered to teenagers. So you have more of an opening. I feel like, you know, when I was in middle school, we were taking home Mac. I feel like finances yeah. could have been a part of that conversation as well. Um,
2: yeah.
1: And I mean, I don't know the, the state of the the American educational system They're is kind of
2: starting to weave in finance at a state by state level. I like I, I have some friends who are like helping to write some policies in New Jersey. I think North, North Carolina but it's definitely state by state. It's not a federal thing. I'm not going to comment on our next question. (laughs) I'm not going to comment on those folks. (laughs) We're going to keep this thing moving.
3: (laughs) I I know personally, I'm in Brooklyn, New York right now. And like Mm. I mentioned before, we were both, you know, born and raised in upstate New York, Syracuse. Um, And we had to take an an economy class um, our senior year we were required to take that and that was teaching us how to write checks and teaching us, um, how stocks work, but it was still very confusing. Um, I could tell personally, although my parents have done their best by my dad's a business owner, um, and to establish wealth that way and be able to pass that on our conversations about wealth, the economy, stocks was still very, very, very limited. Mm -hmm. Um, so in that class I still felt behind because there were like these little white kids who were like yeah I know about that and I was like <laughs> what
2: yeah yeah um,
3: you you have kids now what are some of the things that you talk to them about I'm, I'm not sure how old they are but getting them four how do you plan on getting him or her started
2: yeah. So we, we've been on it for like the last two years now. Um, so I mean, we just like think of the the, the way that, way that we think about it, right. That we teach them how to read, write, You know, so it's just money it's the party because like, it's part of math too. So, mm-hmm. um, it comes into math, though. but like, you know, we teach, we, you know, at three, it was like the like the concept of money. So he wanted uh, this snowboard because I am an avid snowboarder, right? Um, we didn't talk about that Oreo life, like <laughs> you know saying well, we gotta go into Oreo life, <laughs> the Oreo life. You know what I'm saying? But I'm an avid snowboarder. It's so like he wanted to get his own snowboarder, and as a kid, he had like twenty, like twenty five bucks just from you know birthdays and stuff. So we go to the store, and it was like, all right. This- I said, count um, your money, and then he counted. Oh, it's a uh, this. Twenty-five, and this, and then he saw this number was thirty-four. So it was like just the concept of what I want. That mm. number is more than what I have. And then, it, then he was like, "Well, how do I get more money?" And mm. so then it was like, "Oh, well, then you do more chores around the house." He can the everything he can. He's putting the other toys. But was, even then, like, he was learning. Now, we first started with, like, the employee mindset of, like, of, like, trading time for hours. I mean, yeah, time for dollars. And then later on, we're going to talk about investing. So, oh, you know, now, thanks to Disney+, Plus, you got Schoolhouse Rock which you know mm-hmm. they're back with you know all of their courses and they got things on like dollar bills and investing when they put in like little songs and the barter system so you can start really early you know there are like money books that are written for kids a uh, a a friend of mine wrote a really good book called the four money bears which is about saving investing spending and something else that i forget sorry <laughs> but it was no. And like that was cool for him there because then he saw like, oh, there are four ways to spend the money that I'm now getting for my snowboard, right? And like it's not a unlimited supply. Like when he was out, he you know, he was out, you know. Uh, so we are just starting there very early on, but I mean, I you know it would be my dream if he can buy his first business before he is 21 like that's that's what i i would just love for him to be there uh but that's if he wants to but i mean for us money is just going to be a very common thing to, to you know talk about because when you normalize it that's when you become good at it
1: um and those are just like It's not, I think like in your head, you think it has to be this big conversation or something, but these are just like little incremental small things that you're just um, teaching him on a daily basis, which is awesome. I feel like my parents, my parents are dentists and I feel like our first conversations around money involved the tooth fairy. I think that was like my first <laughs> understanding of money and like how I could earn it um, yeah, yeah, yeah. through
2: my teeth. Um, <laughs> and, and I bet those, I bet those teeth are perfect too, man. You got perfect.
1: Time. I got it. I got a head start. <laughs> uh,
2: exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, but you really answered like all, all of our main questions today, but I mean, in case we didn't cover anything, is there some like any incre- um, incremental or very significant, um, information you want people to know about just handling their finances or like even approaching um, trying to turn around their
2: their financial state. Yeah. So the biggest thing is 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 that to really realize that you can do it right. So this thing feels big. It feels it feels like audacious, but like you can do it. And something that we're going to do and we want to, to help with it as well that we will make it even easier for our folks to get started, right? So our normal unlimited plan, it costs 65 bucks per month, no contract, it's easy to sign up, right? But for a limited time for your listeners, we will drop that down to 15 bucks. And so for less than the price of Netflix, you get to start working with the certified financial planner, and that's the highest designation of planning in the country. And they'll cover anything that you want on a one-to-one basis to give you the confidence to take that next step. That's what I would just love for like folks say, hey, if you can like 15 bucks, like y'all can try that. Mm-hmm. Try it out. And then your what will happen is that your perspective will explode. And you'll see that there's a whole world of opportunities that that now you can take steps toward. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah if you can get that netflix su- subscription and that amazon you can you can help your financial
2: <laughs> you in 20 years is gonna thank you for doing
1: it now <laughs> yes yes um well again thank you so much for joining us today i really loved this conversation um and now i feel like i need to take this energy and momentum and transfer it to my own financial life and jump, get on started. In, jump
2: on in no better time than right now <laughs> yes
3: if you want to give us one last oh, yeah. shameless plug, tell us where people can find you on socials, your yep. website, email you. Give yep. us all the
2: links. Yeah, so it's freemancapital.co .co is our website. You can go there. You can chat with me or the support team. We'll be happy to get you guys going. We are active on on social. Freeman Capital virtually everywhere. Uh, but on Instagram, we got our hello black and our hello professional brand in black, where you get like specially content just for us there.
1: Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Make sure to follow us on all social media at So-Called Oreos, and you can email us at socalledoreos at gmail.com. Also, please fill out our listener survey. It's on all of our social media. Help us help you. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And please, please remember to like, rate, subscribe, and leave a review. We really appreciate it when you do. Until next time, bye.